One more passage, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, we get to have another Christmas sermon, and I think that we are going to have Christmas next Sunday night as well because I want to sing all those hymns with you one more time. But um, as we think about this passage of Scripture, in the beginning, there was nothing. There was God and there was nothing and then God spoke and there was something. In the beginning, there was God and there was nothing and then He spoke and there was the heavens and there was the earth. God spoke to Adam before He fell. And He walked with Adam before He fell and then after Adam fell... God spoke to him again in Genesis 3.15 and said that one day the seed of the woman would come and crush the serpent's head. Why does the serpent's head need to be crushed? Well, the serpent had deceived Adam and Eve and they had fallen into sin and God's going to do something about it. God's not going to allow this enmity exist between Adam and God. He's not going to allow that to continue. God's going to do something about it. He's going to restore man to himself, and so he's going to send the seed of the woman. God communicated this to Adam. God communicated these things to men at first, like Noah and then Abraham. And then God began to speak to prophets like Moses. There, there was this fabulous event on Mount Sinai where God spoke and it was so loud and he terrified all the people. <laughs> he said, speak to us in some other way. And so God condescended to them. And so God allowed them to be spoken to by the preeminent prophet of the Old Testament, Moses, and then other prophets. And so the theme, though, always, the theme is always the seed is coming to crush the serpent's head. The seed is coming, and if you will, to drive a nail through the skull of the serpent. And finally, we see not only prophets, but we see prophetic messengers coming in the form of angels. And so this morning, our sermon is an unexpected birth announcement. That unexpected birth announcement first comes to us through an unexpected messenger who brought this unexpected birth announcement to some extremely unusual persons. 
So there is the sermon in a nutshell. Let's look at the unusual. We're going to look at unusual recipients last. We're going to look at this birth announcement second. But let's think about the unexpected messenger. These shepherds are in their flock, watching over their flocks by night. This is their job. They're pulling the third shift. Maybe they're working the second and the third shift. I don't know exactly. But they're taking turns during the night watches. They're protecting their flocks. They are protecting them from predators and from thieves. And so they are out there at night pulling an all-nighter, if you will. And then an angel comes out of nowhere. This is not normal. This is not expected. They're not thinking about anything but doing their work. And out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord is on the scene. It's like the sun comes out at night, and that's not normal. And so there is this creature, sinless as he is, there to speak to these men the glory. We remember that's the glory of God shown all around. It's the sun's coming out. This person comes from uh, the place where deliberations are taking place in the presence of God. This person comes from the very presence of God and he comes in great brilliance. And these men, the Bible says here, they feared a great fear. They fall, they're falling down. They're shaking in their shoes. This is what happens when God's glory comes into the presence of a person or a, a group of people. If you go, we could go and we could track back through the Bible in Revelation chapter 1, what happens when the resurrected Christ comes in front of John, he falls on his face like a dead man. And Paul, well, Saul, Acts chapter 9, he sees a bright light and what happens to him? Well, he's also kissing the ground. We've studied not too long ago, we studied Simon Peter and Jesus revealed his glory to Simon Peter in Luke chapter 5 verse 8, he falls on the bottom of a boat. Well, you know, I don't know if y'all think about it very much, but I think about that. He's a boat full of fish. His face is in fish. He's fallen down. He sees the glory of Jesus Christ. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. This is what men do when they see the glory of God. When they're in the presence of God, they fear a great fear. Have you ever feared a great fear in the presence of the Lord? <clears throat> Zechariah and Mary, the same thing happens. Isaiah sees Jesus Christ seated on the throne in Isaiah chapter 6 and he curses himself and he confesses sin. This is what we do when we fear great fear in the presence of the Lord. These shepherds, they see this glory and they're aware of their sin. They're aware of their need of some atoning sacrifice. They need an angel to take a coal soaked in blood and touch their lips so that they might be forgiven. They need somebody to say to them, do not be afraid. And that's what this angel does. He says, do not be afraid. If God wanted to destroy them, he didn't have to send a messenger. <laughs> if God wanted to destroy Nineveh, he didn't have to send Jonah. Right? God's not going to destroy them. Something else is coming. And today, God sends messengers to us. No, I'm not an angel. And no, I'm not sinless. And men who preach the gospel are ordinary men. But they preach an extraordinary message. They preach something that comes from heaven. They preach something that teaches us the way to salvation. We love, I love, uh, done, done studies in the past on the omnip, omnipresence and omniscience of God. God is in every place. His eyes are in every place watching the evil and the good. And Psalm 139 says that we can't go anywhere from God's Spirit. And yet at the very same time, we understand that God is especially present in this place. 
Jesus says, I'm with those two or three who are gathered together in my name. You heard the apostolic greeting this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. That's when the minister is saying to you, we're in the presence of the Father and the Son. And you and I, we are here today in His presence. You know, Evan used to used to walk around. He wasn't quite that big all the time. And he used to walk around and he'd say, Dad, what's spirit? And he'd say, what's invisible? And I'd blow in his hair. He, he had that hair like uh, these girls have this white hair. And those three little girls back there had that white. They'd just blow up. He'd, and he'd go, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I said, well, that's spirit. That's air. Can't see it. Sure can feel it. Sure can see what it does to fences when it blows really hard. Right? It, God is present like the wind. God is present with His Spirit. He has not a body, our children will say in the catechism. He has not a body like men, but He's present. He's real. Just as real as your hand in front of your face. And so we are in the presence of God. Not long ago we talked about the offices that are in the church. We said a minister, Second uh, Tim, Timothy uh, chapter 4, that when the minister preaches, who's he preaching to first? Remember what we said? He's preaching to God the Father and God the Son first. They are evaluating the preaching first. But what does that say about the person who's listening? So there's this preacher who's preaching in the presence of God and there's this listener who's listening in the presence of God. You and I are in the presence of God. Have you ever feared a great fear? Have you ever taken note that, yeah, there's a lot of flesh and blood around me, but there's a presence of God here. God is here to speak to me. God is showing me I'm small. God is showing me I'm sinful and unholy. God's showing me like the prophet Isaiah, I need a, someone to forgive me for my sins. I'm a man of unclean lips. Have you ever confessed your sins before God? Have you ever seen the distance between yourself and God? Well, He's not come to destroy you. He's sending a messenger to you. He says, do not fear Here's the message. Here's the unexpected birth announcement. First, there's this messenger. Well, he's got a message, and here it is, the unexpected birth announcement. I guess I could have changed my outline and made a pretty message, the messenger and the message, but I didn't. I chose this, so just stick with me. The unexpected birth announcement. Do not be afraid. Judgment's coming, but not now. See, judgment's coming, not yet. There is news that brings great joy, and it's in verse 11. Today in the city of David, today, there's the date of the birth. Then in the city of David, that's the place of his birth, there has been born, for who? For you. Not to Mary, not to Joseph, but for you. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know when babies are born, parents are expecting them. Uh, Parents have been planning for them. When a woman, you know, she comes and she says to her husband, probably about week number five or six, you know, things are uh, things are different, and uh, maybe we need to go see the doctor. And um, you know, we we didn't have a baby for ten years, and so when it and my I used to train our OB/GYN, so I was in tune with the OB/GYN, and my OB/GYN said, Nah, not y'all, not present, not gonna have a baby. And I said, Well, still gonna bring it to see you. So I can't, I still can't forget it. I'm sitting on the phone and he's calling me. He's going, he said, uh, Mark, uh, I think I might have to eat my words. Uh, uh, things are happening. The blood shows things are happening. And we get all excited. 
And Abraham and Sarah, 90 years old and 100 years old, and they're thinking about it. They've been told. <laughs> you believe it? What did they name their baby? Laughter. I think I laughed when Abraham was born. I laughed when Honor was born. I laughed when Singal was born because they're not supposed to be here. And I know that Abraham was so excited about this laughter that was coming into his life. But these men we're talking about tonight, they weren't expecting any announcement. They just want to run the third shift. They just want to get their own shift behind them. And so here is the birth announcement. To you, he says, date of birth today. Today. <laughs> it's when? It's today. God told Adam it's going to happen. Prophet said this is going to happen. Now the, this messenger, this angelic messenger says it's happened. Today it's happened. And one of the things that is fabulous and, you know, we don't, we, we just don't get to live enough life. I think, you know, one of these days we're going to die. I'm just not going to get to study the book of Luke as much as I would like. But one of the things that, that's really cool about Luke is this. There are connections between today and Savior and salvation all the way through Luke. Let me give you a few. Let me just let the Bible preach itself. Luke 4, Jesus takes a scroll. He's in the synagogue. He finds Isaiah 61 and begins to read. He says this, verse 18, Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Today, this has been fulfilled in your presence. Today, Today He's here. Today, the seed is here. Today, the one who was born to give sight to the blind, raise up those who cannot walk, preach those, preach the gospel to those who are in captive to sin. Today it is happening. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus forgives a paralytic. Remember, gospel first, then, then the raising up of the man from the paralyzed condition. Gospel first, my son, your sins are forgiven. And then what did he do? Oh, by the way, just so you know the Son of Man has authority to do such a thing, would you please stand, sir, in front of everybody? Would you please stand? And you know what the people said after that happened? Today we have seen remarkable things. <laughs> Today. Forgiveness. Today this man is healed. Luke 13, 32 through 33. Today Jesus drives out demons. Today he heals people. And tomorrow he reaches the goal, which is the one? The cross. That's salvation. Luke 19. Uh, Brother Brian has told me he's written, a, he's written a paper on Zacchaeus. I wonder, maybe he needs to get up and do a little exhorting right here at this point. <laughs> now, here we are. He's, today, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Today. Well, you remember, kids, we could sing that song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted to see. And Jesus looks up and he says, come down. He goes to his house. And he's saved. Salvation is connected to the word today. Luke 23. The criminals on the cross, one of them says, Lord, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says what? Today, today you'll be with me in paradise. The saving event happened this day. These guys are getting firsthand info. Today, he lives, then for 30 years, he lives in obscurity. And then for three years, he lives preaching this good news he forgives sins. He raises them up those who are lame. He gives sight to the blind. He gives salvation to the likes of Zacchaeus. He gives salvation to men on crosses about to die, right before they die. This guy, 
(laughs) Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Right before he dies. Today, this is all about this person come to crush the serpent's head. Born. Born today. What about the name of the child? Well, you know, it's real interesting here. We're not given a name. We're given titles. What's his name? Kiddos, what's his name? The answer is always what? Every question. It's Jesus, right? But here, we're not given a name. We're given titles. A Savior. Christ, Messiah, and Lord. Messiah speaks of God anointing His Son to do His holy will, to come and be the one who suffers and saves the people God has given to Him. Lord, we are told by Luke, He doesn't... I think we need to translate the word not sir here, but Lord, because as we read through the book of Luke, we find that He is Lord. He's not just a sir. So here is the child. His name, he's given titles. Where is he born? Place of birth. In the city of David. Not Nazareth. Remember last time, a sermon before last, we said that uh, Caesar Augustus, who thinks he's God and thinks he's the Savior of the world, God just manipulating this guy, taking his decree and moving his people into the right place from Nazareth to Bethlehem. So that baby is born according to what Micah said and Michael read, put my M's together, in the city of David because not one word of God will fall to the ground. Well, here's another thing that's so interesting about this birth announcement. Born for who? Does it say born to Mary and Joseph? It says born for you. Now the New American Standard says born for you. The NIV 84 says born to you. But it doesn't say born to Mary and born to Joseph. Usually the birth announcements say born to Mark and Lori, born to Mark and Peggy, born to, you know. Born for who? Born for you. Born for you guys. And the angel says this. This will be a sign for you. You will find. So this baby's born for you and born for you to to seek him. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This good news of great joy is... Uh, out there. He's a real person. He's over there in the city of David. It's been, it's, all this has happened today. He's been born for you to seek. And so I know. Here, here's the identifying thing. How many babies were being born that night? I don't know how many. Lots. Probably lots. But how many of them are lying in a manger? <laughs> how many of them are out there in the normal area where all the animals are staying? Right? Uh, probably one. So these guys are on their way. We're going to see that in just a minute. But finally, this baby is also born for peace. In verse 13 and 14, this one angel is joined by many other angels, and they begin to sing, and they sing glory to God in the highest. They are praising God for the work of salvation, the salvation of sinners, and because that, that work is actually happening. And second, these angels say this, and on earth, peace among men with whom? God is pleased. Who is who are those folks? Well, those folks are God's elect. Amen. Those are God's that's God's elect. He's pointing to the ones God is drawing near to Himself. The angels are declaring the Savior is born to bring peace among men. Sometimes people come to me and say, Pastor Mark, who's elect? Those who have peace with God. <laughs> I'm just how can you know? Those who have peace with God. See, we come into this world and we're separated from God by our sin. There's enmity. It's kind of like, you know, 
Who was that? Oh, so like Lori and I, maybe we might have a spat, right? We might have a spat. We don't ever do it too much. Do we? And then after we have a spat, there's this little bit of enmity. That's what we were talking about a while ago in the confession of sin. We got this darkness, this stuff gets in between us. And so what do we do? We have to fix it, right? And so what happens is we have to come to each other. And this is what happens here with this baby. This baby is born to eliminate the enmity between God and the man. That's what it's all about. How do I know I'm elect? Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God through this baby, Jesus Christ? That's how you can know. Well, third, let's look at the unusual recipients. Just go back to that. Date of birth, today. Name of the one born, not given a name, given titles, Savior Christ the Lord. Place of birth in the city of David, born for you, born for you to seek, but born for who's you? Who's the you there? Shepherds. Do you know that shepherds in Jesus' day were scoundrels? Now, I could write a little page on how shepherds are like Jesus called himself the good shepherd. We could talk about that later. But during these days, shepherds were scoundrels. They were not kings. They were not princes. They were known to be thieves and liars and cheaters. They wouldn't even be allowed to testify in a court of law. They were sinners. Not respectable, respectable ones, but not so respectable ones. And so this announcement comes to these men, and it sets in motion a chain reaction. The shepherds, they say, let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurry off, they find Joseph and Mary, and they find that baby, and they tell Joseph and Mary everything that they've been told. And Mary, she's very excited about it. She ponders these things in her heart. They also go after that and they tell all these folks all around. They tell everybody they can tell. And then they return back home. But I want you to take note, the the ones who heard the message from these shepherds, it says they marveled. They were amazed. But their response is very different from these shepherds. The report of the shepherds to the masses caused a stir. Now, back in those days, unlike us, man, we, we are, I tell you what, sometimes folks look. This, this uh, my phone's back there. This one's recording. But there's a phone right there. See it? It's recording the sermon. But here's the deal. These things, man, we need to preach a sermon on this. These things can get in our way. We can just know too much too fast too soon. These, these guys, man, they got this information from these shepherds. It was current information. It was brand new. Nobody had heard. They got it first. They got it from the shepherds. The shepherds had seen this stuff. It happened all during the evening, the light, and the whole works. They were sharing everything they, they got. They were very excited to get firsthand info. Back in those days, that's an unheard of thing. Um, firsthand info. You and I, we can pull our phone out and hit a button or whatever, and we got sometimes too much info, right? Maybe... Just as a side note, maybe we need to set our phone down every now and then. But these men, they're, uh, they're wondering and they're marveling. But they're not putting their faith in this person. They're not repenting of any sins. They are not like the shepherds. The shepherds are frightened. The shepherds are startled and they receive this birth announcement. And they go in search of this child to see if everything that this angel told them was true. 
And then they returned home glorifying God and praising God just as the angels had done before them. They know the name. They know the titles. They know the date. They know the city. They know that He was born for them. They witnessed the very beginning of God's saving work. What's your response to this birth announcement? God has brought to you into this presence today as strange as it is, as wonderful as this is. This is a weird place to have a worship service, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it reminded me, I told the men the other day, uh, the last time I preached in a different place, we had a, a gigantic um, duck blind over here that had to be pulled by like an 18-wheel or a truck, a big Mack truck, right? And all the one, all the fun of being out in a uh, almond orchard or almond orchard. I used to say almond just to get on their nerves. I used to put the L in there instead of leave it out. But God's brought you here today. Why has God brought you here today? He's brought you here today to know that salvation is today. That Jesus forgives sins today. That Jesus is the one who can say, today you will be with me in glory. This is today. Jesus is the one who says, my son, your sins are forgiven. Today, Jesus is the one who cleanses away sins. He's the one who takes them away. He can take your sins away today. All of it. It's a day of peace through Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him, and we're told we have peace with God. No more enmity. Today, He's been born for you to seek. He's been born for you to seek out and determine, are these things true? He's brought you here. And you some, sometimes people say, well, Pastor Mark, um, uh, he's not going to save me. I'm a nobody. I'm not a somebody. Well, did you see who these people are that he came and delivered this message to? They're not the, they're not the somebodies. They're the nobodies. Jesus comes for the lowly. Jesus comes for the likes of you and me, not for the noble and not for the wise and not for those who think they don't need a Savior. Today, it's a day of salvation. It's not a day of amazement. Let me tell you about some amazement. Okay, so all, most of you guys were here. Okay. So we had a day of amazement a few weeks ago. We had to rejoice and sing. And we had this evening of amazement. And so we have our red-headed piano player over here in front of everybody with his keyboard. And we had a, fl- a flautist. Did I say it right? A flautist. <laughs> and we had a person playing a trumpet. And we had a guy playing drums and a guy playing the... The bass, and you know, that was Dan, that was Daniel, right? And Andrew playing the bass, Andrew Luke. And so all these guys, all these pretty people in front of us, and we're, the lights are dumped, dimmed down. And my son last night, he said, Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> it was amazing. And we love it all, don't we? We love all of that. I loved it. I enjoyed that so much. It was absolutely amazing. But we got to do, we got to believe more than amazing. We got to go take this stuff and search it out and see if it's true. Was Jesus born today? Was Jesus born in the city of David? Was he born for you or not? You got to go search it all out and find it. It's in the Bible. You can go study the eyewitnesses. The eyewitnesses tell us all these things are true. John says in 1 John 1, he says, what was from the beginning, what we have seen with our eyes, what we beheld with our with our eyes and handled with our hands. And then he uses this word, looked at. And you could translate it beheld. And beheld means scrutinize. It means study in the heart. 
It means we thought over what we were touching. We thought over what we were saying. And just as real as that's true, just as real as you are in front of me, Jesus is this person. Is it true? If it's true, you have to believe it. If it's true, you have to see yourself as a sinner. If it's true, you have to come to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. If it's true, it means that Jesus took the brunt of your uh, condemnation so that you don't have to have any more at all. Is it true? If it's not true, don't believe it. But we have a Bible that's filled full of witnesses. All these guys happened to write right after, right after Jesus rose from the dead. All these guys saw all this stuff happen. And they wrote it all down. And you can go search it out and find out that it's true. We can have peace with God through this child that was born. We celebrate at Christmas. There was an unexpected messenger who came and declared an unexpected birth announcement to a bunch of guys in a field. And that same announcement is for you and for me. Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is your response? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time together. We are in awe of how you love us, how you speak in the past to Adam, how you spoke in the past to men and through prophets, even angels, and even today. Thank you for speaking to us through the reading of your word and the preaching of it. Help us to be like these shepherds, Lord, who come and look at this baby and see that it's all true. Help us to be those who walk away glorifying you and praising you for this salvation that comes through Jesus Christ and brings peace to us. May we meditate on these things and improve these things in our hearts throughout this day. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.